Hello everyone, welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast and to the latest in our series of podcasts entitled Everything You Need to Know About, insert a name of car here, and the name of the car we're inserting today is the Volkswagen Golf R, but before we get into that, um, we've got Greg Potts, we've got Rowan Horncastle, we've got Ollie Q, and we've got me, uh, Jack Ricks, uh, giving you all the information you could need to know about this car. And just a reminder about the format um, of these podcasts. So we ask our SEO team to dig around in the corners of the internet and produce um, the internet's most asked questions about this car. So we are quite literally answering the question that you, if you use the internet, are crying out to know. So slightly odd wording, slightly (laughs) sort of bizarre angles. But actually, what's interesting is when you pull together these top six questions that we've got today, you actually get quite a well-rounded look at what what this car is and why it's special, why we like it or don't like it, etc, etc. So should we just crack on? Let's do this. Let's do Let's go, this. Let's go have you, far. Have you all got your brain switched on? I'm prepared for what the internet is going to ask. Right. I hope. We all I, like a golf far, don't we, just before we kick off? Mm, I like mm, other ones. It's, it's ebbed and flowed. It's ebbed and flowed. I mean, Greg, actually, didn't you... Let We should just tee you up. We should big you up nice and early. You've been on an event recently where you got to drive the bookends, I've, didn't you? I've done first and last recently, yeah. yeah. So uh, we've very much liked the first. R32. R32. Yeah. Go on, make me feel old. When was that from? Oof, that's a good question. Well, they've that just, they've just that? 2002. 2002. No, yeah, yeah, they've just blown out their birthday cake for the 20th well, anniversary. Exactly. It's the 20 the years. New, sorry, the, <laughs> the on. new one's the 20 years. Come on, so Greg, that use a... that GCSE maths. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2023 minus 20, or was it, or was it, it was, in 22? It was, yeah, pre-Christmas. It was 22. So, there we go. Uh, so 2002 to 2022, and then they've done a special 20 years edition of the Golf R. Yep, so that's the Mark 8. Yeah. That was a special edition. We're less keen on that, but I'm sure we'll come to that. It's very expensive. We'll get we'll onto come it. to that yeah. because that's the kind of old, well, the, the 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 sort of most recent evolution of it, and it's got a bit sort of blown out of proportion. But there are some serious sweet spots in the middle of this timeline that we've just been talking about. So the first question that the internet is just dying to Uh-oh. ask us is, um, what's special about the Golf R? Um, I, I sort of feel like by answering this, we're going to tell you what the golf art is really which yeah. is which is a natural start anyway so who wants to take that one on Q, well, I, guess I can see you chomping at the bump of the mic in a in a sentence it's, it's the fastest golf isn't it it's it's as hot as a golf hot hatch gets mm. yeah because uh, you know i think for the general but everyone knows what a volkswagen golf is don't you it was the car to have is it anymore mm, not so sure and then you had the gti which is the more performance-based one and then in 2002 they were like leaning onto Volkswagen racing and the and the racing heritage they had, and then they made the Volkswagen R because everyone likes faster. Yep. But faster basically means, in VW Golf R terms, more blue, more badging, more exhausts, a uh, bit more noise and more speed. Exactly. Um, but it, yeah, it's still in that that very well well packaged Golf R shape and usability that you get with that. Just more speed. Yeah, they don't go down like the Honda Civic Type R route, do they? Where it's like 
downforce and lap times. It's more just about a kind of capsule of speed and efficiency and classiness. But they have changed the recipe, haven't they? Because, yeah, Greg, that early car that you'd have been driving, they started off with a with big old V6, didn't they? Which kind of seems yeah, hilarious now. VR6, six-cylinder VW engine. Um, 3.2 litres. 3.2 litres. In, in the in front of the Golf. Yeah. I love that. I, because that was at the same time that they did that uh, W12 concept. And you saw that crazy wild, wild Golf. Or was that later? That was, that was Mark, Mark Five. Five, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we got used to it with the Mark IV. I think the Mark IV is still the best looking golf. I don't know. It's a bit like your James Bonds. That's my golf. <laughs> That's what I kind of grew up with. And I always wanted one. And then the R32 came out. And it, you know, that was the era of you know, Max Power still being in its pomp. Yeah, yeah. It sounded fruity, the, didn't it? And it was four-wheel drive, first four wheel drive, golf, yeah. hot golf to have a DSG gearbox, which is now kind of standard fit, I think. But yeah, Greg, when you drove it, did it did it stack up or did it feel pretty old and knackered? The DSG does stack up. It's, it's a good gearbox. It's still, you know, it's, with emissions, it's actually kind of got worse in the last 20 years. But... Yeah, it's a fantastic engine. Properly feels like a big engine in a small car, that thing. It's Must a feel big, heavy at the It front. does have a yeah. bit of a drinking problem, that engine. Uh, uh, that, you do see someone sort of warbling past you in one of those these days. Rare rare occurrence, I'll mm. be honest. And you do think, fair play, you're taking some running costs on on, <laughs> yes. on with that one. Um, but, but it's, yeah, magnificent thing. And, and such a sort of an unusual hot hatch formula um, these, these days. Wait, hold on a second. Was it the first production car to get a dsg gearbox no the audi tt v6 i think came slightly before it but basically had the same powertrain yeah. or wasn't it i don't know someone write in which was the around there yeah they the loved that thing. platform in a few but, cars but really interesting that the technology they, they sort of nailed it out the gate because there's there's a few instances where we're, we're starting to sort of look back and drive cars that are 10 15 20 years old and and stuff that was you know cutting edge at the time we're now starting to realize mm, it wasn't quite as slick as we thought but dsg peak of german engineering absolutely spot well, if on if you think about it like what's the formula for a modern hot hatch it's paddle shift to in clutch gearbox it's four-wheel drive and it's a load more poke that's exactly what the golf r had so right when the focus rs was coming along with its clever front differential and manual gearbox and things volkswagen actually was sort of seeing the future but yeah they persevered with the v6 for two generations didn't in they? fact and before then, we move on then uh how much for an r32 these days oh, we, good, we've got good a good question, question. But also, in America, you could get a six-speed manual, I think, as well. Oh, what is it with these uh, manual-only cars for America? They're supposed to not drive stick. Exactly. It well, must just be the size of the market, isn't it? So even if 0.01% of them <laughs> want a stick, that's still several thousand cars. They're going to make some profit, yeah. yeah. You can get a Mark IV for... Here we go. Big build-up. Oh, oh. Oh, he's still scrolling. He's scrolling, scrolling. scrolling. Right, this doesn't look good. This well, is uh, captivating podcasting here. Well, um, we'll keep digging, but we'll I'm keep, sure we'll come to that. <laughs> you can have a Mark IV, I think. Well, they, for, well you can't have a Mark IV, I think. For a while, they were Apparently. known as they used to get nicked a lot, didn't they? So I imagine that a lot of them are probably HPI checks to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think Golf R is synonymous with stolen cars, basically. Yeah. I see yes. the two as together. They certainly are these days, the new ones. Every, every generation, I think, has just been used for robbery. 10,000 British pounds. 10,000 British pounds. For an pounds. R32? For an R32. They've probably gone up a fair bit. How many miles? You can have one with 127,000 miles oh, for that price. Nicely run in, the old V6. Yeah. Yeah. 127 of the hardest miles ever <laughs> driven. <laughs> Thank you.
Um, so, sorry, I rudely interrupted you. And then... Dot, dot, oh, dot. yeah, I was going to say that, yes, they, so they had this recipe, didn't they, of the narrow-angle V6 and the four-wheel drive. And then when it got to the Mark VI, they finally, they couldn't get these V6s through the emissions test so much. And I think also the fact people had worked out that you don't need six cylinders to pull the power out that you need. By this point, you know, everyone's getting into understanding turbochargers a bit more without the lag. So they just turned up the wick on the two litre anyway. And that's where we get to the modern Golf RSP, where it's a two litre four cylinder engine, just with the turbo turned up harder than a GTI. Yeah. And it's about 250, 256 horsepower, I think. In the Mark VI. Yeah. yeah. It felt like loads at the time. That was a rocket ship, that car. And like, I think 0.62 and 6 ish seconds, something like that yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, um, but. <sighs> The R wasn't, it still wasn't quite getting the love of the GTR. I mean, the GTR is always the more enduring bat. In fact, hang on, stop there. Let's move on to question two. Which is better, the Golf GTI or the Golf R? Oh, that's a tribal one, isn't it? Because it depends on the generation. Like the Mark IV GTI mm. is often derided as one of the most disappointing hot hatches ever. That's where yeah, the, just the R32 comes Mark along. Mark IV Golf is one of Rowan's favourites. Yeah, yeah, but the 32, and that's uh, what you would take out. That's right, but nice. then you get into the Mark VII's, which mm. is great golf. Yeah. And that's when they separated the GTI too, and you had that performance pack with that trick front diff, mm-hmm. and you had the manual gearbox, which you couldn't get in the R. I believe. Or no, you? you could still get a manual at that point, but you are right that, yeah, they'd, they'd separated the GTI out. You could still get a manual Golf R, but the Mark 7, now you brought it up, that is where the Golf R properly came yeah. of age, wasn't it? That was where it stepped out of the GTI shadow. And rather than just being a faster but slightly blunter one, it had the chassis, it had so, the handling, it had the noise. So just to answer, just to bring this into focus for the question, which is better, the Golf GTI Golf R, it varies Depending Depends on, on which, generation, yeah, and was it which was it around was it Mark Seven where the where the R outshone the GTI for the first time? I think you could argue that strongly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, carry on. I so Mark, still love that Mark performance pack GTI though, because they, they were cheaper, and you get a lot of it. You, you, they're around two hundred horsepower, I believe, which you is, is plenty. Yeah, but they're they're a lot more subtle. It depends what kind of look you want to go for as well but the Mark 7 is where the, the Golf R brand really took off I think Yeah, it yeah. felt like the GTI had been taking like small steps didn't it the Mark 5 was brilliant the Mark 6 was really good the Mark 7 GTI again a great car but the R kind of went from ho-hum bit mediocre to wow yeah. where has this thing come from and all that. of a sudden we had a new hero hot hatch to get our teeth into and you could get an estate of course yeah. yes infinitely yeah. cooler with Mark, Mark Riccioni had he did, it? yeah. So that was his sort of camera friend. wagon for, for a number of yeah, years. Yeah, photographer's car of choice in that era was just everyone wanted to go far. The yeah. Mark Seven was also a remapper's dream, I think, wasn't it? It was a, yeah. a quick um, ECU flash on that. Yeah, and... Mark Riccioni definitely didn't touch that engine. No, no, no definitely no. Because not. Because it was on the lease. All the gearbox. Yeah, no, but yeah, you no, can no, you no, can no. play with those. Um, you, you, can, you can tune those very easily. Is the... I'm going to use an engine code here. Sorry to be a nerd, but the EA888 engine, that is not surely one of the hero engines of our time because it goes in everything in Cupras and VRSs and Audis and all these Volkswagens but yeah it's just so bulletproof it's so versatile it just what a or piece of engineering has anyone spoken to it because he goes oh please no more no please you're just like absolutely dragging it out whatever yeah. performance they were going to do a 400 horsepower one at one point Do you remember the R400 that concept was, that, that was a concept though wasn't yeah, it no, they were no, going to do it they were going to turn that, it up to 400 brake and then I think they kind of thought mm, we can charge more if we sell this as an Audi RS3 that was all so. Durheimer he was all behind that because he's the, the man behind the brains behind the Wolfgang original Weber. Durheimer mm-hmm. yeah. um, but he loved 
like big he loves getting as much power out of small engines as possible or just out of any engine and he was like no it's still not stressing it too much you could probably go bananas and tuners have mm. that you see a load of audi vws with crazy crazy over 400 horsepower numbers just on the mark 7 golf r so i remember um i was on the initial launch of that car so first time anyone had driven it um totally undisguised full production car but we were in argeplog sweden on a frozen lake so normally if you if you're driving a a, a new car on ice it tends to be either camouflaged like ollie did with the Ionic 5N Mm -hmm. recently or some sort of pre-production car. It's a good way of sort of teasing out that it might potentially be good. But nope, this is it. First go in the new Golf R and it was on ice. So I had one of the best days I've had in this job just hooning around on night. It was the first proper ice driving experience I've ever had. And uh, listener, if you haven't done it, please go and do it it's it's just i'm like... guessing a lot of you haven't done it because it's an incredibly <laughs> incredibly lucky thing that we get we've been ice driving we need on an ice lake don't just wait for some snow in winter and then go charging around <laughs> yeah, yeah, your yeah. local sort of contraflow yeah 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 um and but i remember having this great day the car was obviously fantastic but it was quite difficult to decide whether this car was fantastic or the fact that i was skidding around on a lake i then had to write the cover story for um i wrote for a weekly called auto express at the time um, shameless plug cover <laughs> cover story and uh do you know what? i i i basically had to make a call on this car um based on yeah driving it on a frictionless surface gave it five out of five because it and happened to just call it right and then there was this huge surge of um you know when the real the hype train really builds up yeah similar like things around yaris. yaris gr i was going to say the same thing um and and off it went and suddenly this was the the new god of hot hatches this this golf r at the time but um yeah it it, it, it stacks up on ice if you're wondering yeah yeah. No, it won all the hot hatch tests that we had yeah. at that time. It was time. Top Gear's hot hatch of the year, 2014. You know, it, it really did supersede the GTI. So, yeah, coming back to the question, you know, how is it better? How is it different to a to a GTI? Basically, it's going to have four-wheel drive, whereas a GTI is front-wheel drive. It's going to be faster. And depending on the generation, it might be a bit better yeah. to drive. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, just let's just move through the generations because actually this GTI... Um, versus our kind of thought is a nice way of encapsulating it and seeing whether these generations were a success. So 7, Mark 7.5, major changes there? Not no, really. I think they just you know did that with the old engine tickle. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. few more horsepower and a different touchscreen. Give it a little tickle. And uh, Mark 8, uh, well, where are we now? Not the Golf's finest hour, is it? The the Mark Eight, but it's that's got less to do with the kind of performance end of things, and more because they've just ruined the interior with the horrible button ectomy that we're not fans of. But is there a point here where these, you know, so the Golf R really found its feet and its true self? You know, the V6 is great fun, but it was sort of living on borrowed time. Um, this four-cylinder turbocharged four-wheel drive weapon—that's the sort of that's the Golf R's reason for existing and they kind of perfected it in in mark 7 and yet you've got to keep going you've got to you've got to try and uh, put that formula into the next generation and keep the sales yeah uh, keep the keep the tills ticking over um and a bit like the GTI you know the mark 5 was fantastic the mark 6 was really good it's sort of like 
you, you know, a turbocharged four-cylinder front-wheel drive hatch with a manual gearbox or a DSG. Yeah. Where, like how do you make it better? Spot, didn't they? They found yeah. that sweet spot and they didn't quite know what to do with it. And then, yeah, Greg, this brings me to the the, the 20 years edition oh, yeah. that you've been driving because that's like, this, you know, this is the celebration car. This is everything we've learned about creating the ultimate four-wheel drive hot golf. And how much money do they want for it? I think it was about 50,000, maybe yeah, even could, more. For a golf? I mean, so that needs pounds. to be not just, you know, a, a legend among golfs. It needs to be a pretty sizable leap for a hot hatch. But it's, I feel like from reading your review of it, it kind of wasn't. Yeah, well, we do need to remember that the standard Mark 8 Golf R is over £40,000 as well. So that is an expensive car already. Basically, the 20 years gets you 12, 13 extra brake horsepower. It does make it the most powerful production Golf ever. Oh, which so you're buying is bragging good, rights and you get brag. some blue alloy wheels, I believe. You get blue wheels, blue mirrors white or mm, blue you're paint you're putting me off you're putting me yeah, off yeah, you're right. I'm not really selling it now am I do you get some do you get a numbered plaque on the dashboard perhaps you do and you also get a special Nürburgring mode which uh, nerds will enjoy but, but this takes Nürburgring it, yeah, this takes it back to the old GTI versus Golf R because it, just before this we had the GTI Club Sport mm. which was the Nürburgring special two seat which is I think one of the best oh, yeah. golfs that, yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. that you can get. Yeah, that's, that's one of the best no hot hatches. Roll cage. But you, you, when you drive that on track, that is, is drilled in. But mm. as you say, the cost, because I think even for the standard Mark 8, you can get a performance pack, which is two grand, a Krapovich exhaust, which is now... Oh, that's what I did, the fourth. drift mode. Yeah, you're right. I mean, everyone said this is going to be the Golf R that can drift. But to do that, you need the clever rear diff software. And then they charge you, they bundle that in with whatever it is, free steer exhaust and a rear sticky wing. tires. And yeah, exactly, yeah. a taller rear wing. But it's like, yeah, it's like three or four grand just to unlock the stuff that the car has been engineered to do. No, it's it, and, and it, it cracks up really quickly because it's two grand for the performance pack, £785 for the dampers, then th- it's like four grand for the exhaust, which is like, seems insane. Uh, so then you're easily into 51 grand, which yeah. is just... And at that money, there's... There's, you know, that's where the Type R lives now. I mean, I know these are big money cars, but there's some serious... Oh, Greg, you recently, didn't you go on the Type R grudge match test with all the big rivals in snowy Wales, we right? We did, yeah. That was, so what uh, was there? Equally slippery. So uh, that was Civic Type R was the hero car of that. We were sort of there to test whether it could hold its crown as Top Gear's car of the year last year. Mm. Um, we had the Golf R, the aforementioned GI Yaris, uh, a Hyundai i30N, which is one that sometimes gets forgotten about. Mm. Uh, and we had a BMW M240i, which is, ah, which is a coupe, sort of... but a slightly different recipe, and yeah. it's still similar and in performance the, terms. The, the, the Civic defended its its honour, basically. It did, yeah. Just yeah. because it is that pure hot hatch that we yeah. love, front-wheel drive, manual gearbox. But it's interesting, actually, what's happening with the hot hatch market. Just, just that test really um, sums it up, is that there's less of them, Mm. This used to be just, you know, a hot Everyone hatch. had one. I, I remember when I, fir- I first joined eight, eight years ago, Top Gear, the, the issue before was like, I think it was called B-Road Heroes, and it was a hot, a, sort of a hot hatch mega test. Oh, and that was a was, nightmare to sort there out. There was <laughs> probably, I mean, I'm, I'm just was trying to picture... 30 cars on the cover? Yeah, something like that. It was literally every hot hatch you could get in Britain, yeah. and we've so got if, them all to one place to shoot them. If we did that test... A lot of phone calls. If we did that test tomorrow... It's going to be 10 cars, isn't it? Yeah. Something. Well, you know. try it three years' time. There's going to be nothing. <laughs> That's be why nothing. it's super interesting with the Honda Civic Type R just doing its Nürburgring test because yep. uh, it's just got the new front-wheel drive record. Mm. It's got no competition coming. No. Renault have got nothing. Ford no, I mean, have got nothing. We talk about it. Uh, you know, Renault... Uh, 
heavily into electric cars. We're going to get an electric. I think electric hot hatch is the next thing, whether whether it's going to work or not because of the weight, because of the cost, because of the you know the spiral of doom that, mm. that that all brings and just in the here um, and now like yeah greg you were on that test you drove all those cars back to back it feels to me like the hyundai i30n kind of nicked a bit of the golf gti's patch by being quite fun and fruity but also practical and then the gi yaris is is great it's its own thing and the mt40i is a really posh nice coupe so i've i'd sort of sense that in amongst the heat of all that battle the golf r slightly wilted how did it stack up yeah i think originally the golf r was the four-wheel drive hot hatch wasn't it and now we've sort of we've got so many different options you've got mega front-wheel drive hatches you've got rs3s with 400 horsepower and four-wheel drive and yeah there's so much choice now that the golf r has kind of lost the boil but also with the mark 8 you you could kind of feel and sense Mm. where vw's development r&d costs were going and it was into the id3 rather yeah. than into rather the golf, the golf oh, yeah. um yeah. which yeah. was so it's downfall but the next question right let's keep going and in fact there's there's i think there's some uh, a few that we can rattle off quite quickly here is the golf r reliable has anyone run one as a long-termer yes i ran the mark seven yeah. and did fourteen thousand miles on it and it was almost unimpeachably reliable despite doing loads of track stuff and everything it overheated once yeah it was a heat wave overheated warning you know stop driving i'm too hot turned it off turned it on again it cleared i took it to a dealer they diagnosed a dodgy sensor um that just had an error and they swapped it out under warranty yeah but if you're looking to buy one of the earlier cars i would say look at the dsgs gearboxes because the very early cars had some issues yeah and greg mm. potts might have driven it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go don't uh, that it. also the timing chains can go which can be quite catastrophic so have, have a look at that make sure but if it's been serviced for its life that will all be checked and, and, and seen yeah uh and then with these slightly older cars it's just the navigation system and bits and pieces like that can easily be a bit glitchy and so so yeah. look out for those bits well, sucker your phone to the to the screen instead um is the Golf R fast? Oh, yeah. I In- mean, internet keeping it basic today. Efficiently fast. You know, yeah. unbelievably easy to drive quick. When we used to do, um, I used to shoot loads of drag races. I remember taking along a Golf R with a DSG gearbox. And I remember reading the spec sheet, and Volkswagen claims 0 to 62 miles per hour in 4.9 seconds. Now, they always leave a little bit on the table, but we couldn't believe this thing. It did. On a hot day, 4.5s all day. And you Ooh. put up against, you know, we had Ollie Marriage, famously super handy driver, in a Honda Civic Type R. And he just, I know it's front-wheel drive and they're difficult to get off the line, but the gaps that the Golf R put on it, even above sort of 60, 70 miles an hour, mm. were mind-blowing. Like, it's, it's one of those cars I always think of Golf R. If politicians knew that thing existed, knew how easy it was to drive fast, it would be... Banned. Yeah, yeah, but the people who do know that are the criminals. That's why they still. <laughs> it'd, it'd be Lotus Carlton all over again, you know, mm. up in up in uh, Parliament questions. But also, yeah, top speed wise as well, they go to 168 miles an hour now, which is just crazy for a small hot hatch. In so, a yeah. golf, yikes! But that's then, why the estate is so cool, because and then all that performance, you know, in a dog carrier, it is mini RS6, mini exactly. RS6, but yeah. you know, these numbers with the electric wave, they're going to seem slow soon but uh what was great about the golf r is that it's massively confidence inspiring and very easy to drive quickly but engaging where some audis etc which have a similar format similar powertrain just aren't yeah so uh yeah, that's yeah. where the mark 7 really hit its stride wasn't it it felt like you know it was actually moving around a little bit underneath you felt like it wasn't just this kind of point and squirt weapon yeah. but you could actually 
really have a giggle in it. Um, is it a good daily driver? Yes, it's just a golf. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. where actually I remember Rowan when we, when we had that Mark Seven long term ring. You used to sometimes be like, oh, I don't know, I don't get the height because you like a car to feel kind of extreme more of the time. Whereas the golf R, honestly, in traffic, you could honestly cover up the badge on the steering wheel. You could forget it was a Golf R. He might as well be in a 1.2. Well, that's why I prefer the GTIs at times. I think you don't need to stretch so far as an R hmm. because if you want a bit more performance than a, than a normal hot hatch, just get the GTI, not the R, because it's not as ex- as extreme as I think it could be. Tartan seats for a bit of bit of extremity in a traffic jam. Yeah, Ooh, like nice. That. But that's why the Mark 8's offended us, hasn't it? Because the, the one thing a Golf should do above everything else is be super usable, super you know intuitive every day. And with that interior, it just isn't anymore. Ollie refers to the um, one of his main bugbears, uh, the, the the screen, the 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 HMI in um, in in well all Volkswagens at the yep. moment really. It's the 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 touch screen, the laggy touch screen, and the stupid buttons um, that don't light up at night. Yeah. Let's not go there because I can see the vein popping out your head already. <laughs> um, and this is the the final question, um, a nice sensible one to finish. Is it economical? Yes, I would say. I, well, yes. yeah. Now they've yeah. now they've stuck that two liter engine in it, where if you care clever and you drive it off boost and you have the DSG and it's got that nice long seventh gear. I mean, yeah, on a motorway run, it'll do There's, forty to the gallon. You just drive it like a normal car. It's just like that, just having that two liter engine. Uh, it's got very you know various modes for everything. You can put it in eco and just turn everything off and just cruise. But yeah, as soon as you start ramping up, I think they claim something like thirty six miles per gallon. You're not <laughs> going to be doing that when you're hammering around. Yeah, and like if you've just encouraged like we've encouraged everyone to turn the boost up because the engine's bulletproof, then you, you could won't smell be the fuel that. that's coming out of the back yeah, of your yeah. exhaust that you're burning. And yes, those earlier cars with the V6s, uh, it'll be no surprise that a big three point two liter. Um, V6 is a pretty thirsty thing to have in a hot hatch. So, You've got time for a really quick nerd point. Yeah, go Can on I then. really Always. add nerd? Right, you know a Golf R, the latest ones have got four exhaust pipes to have for a while. Okay, and you might think, oh, they're fake. They're not. They're all real. But when you put it in eco mode, okay, it only breathes out through the center two exhaust. And then when you put it in like race, then it opens up the other ones. So if you're ever following a Golf R around, okay, and it's only got soot and muck on the inner two exhaust pipes you know that whoever bought that just bought it to pose and never drives it fast if it's got dirt on all four exhaust pipes that's because it's constantly breathing out of all four and it means that they like to put their foot down there you go consumer advice consumer right. advice yeah. buy a used one buy one with only two dirty exhaust pipes because you know it's yeah. never ever been um, did anyone order a takeaway because you just got one <laughs> that is beautiful stuff there and the perfect place to end um, hopefully that's been useful great car the Golf R get involved if you're interested and you're thinking about buying one I think our recommendation would be Mark 7 go there Mark 7 first, can't but, go wrong um, uh, and we'll leave it there so make sure you check out topgear.com for um, loads of used car buying guides uh, uh, and loads of other news reviews and other content uh, YouTube all our social channels and um, you go into the go into the, the polls or the comments to let us know what you want to uh, hear us talk about if there's yeah. any car that you're interested in and want to know the deep dive for yeah which car do you want to know everything about and we'll take those comments on board and we'll do another one of these um, aimed at you all right thanks for listening catch you on the next one 
Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also there's some new audio tidbits coming. So like Jack says, subscribe. <laughs>